Fairies and Phantoms. And today we are going to discuss folklore in the continuation of our discussion on the 12th, which was interrupted by technological problems. So sorry about that, but um, we're able to continue it now. Okay, uh, folklore is a subject that I have been interested in for quite some time by early exposure to it in the form of The Dark Secret of Harvest Home from 1978. This movie was set um, in modern, well, modern for the time, 1978, um, New England. Um, the, the protagonist family left the city and moved to a rural area to get away from the rat race, only to find that the people that live in rural areas are just as cruel, if not more so, than those that live in the big city. Okay, um, folk horror is not to be confused with folk tale movies, um, such as Kwaiden or Yokai Monsters in Japan, which are visualizations of folk tales um, from the past. A good exploration of folk horror is by Mark Gaddis in his History of Horror from the BBC in 2010. He does a good exploration of it, and he does an interesting interview with Piers Haggard, whose um, Blood on Satan's Claw is considered one of the original uh, folk horror movies, and is it part of the Unholy Trinity, which is uh, three movies from 1970s England that sort of epitomize the idea of folk horror at the time. The other two movies are Michael Reeves' is Witchfinder General from 1968, and Robin Hardy's The Wicker Man from 1973. Michael Reeves's Witchfinder General concerns uh, Vincent Price as Matthew Hopkins, who is the eponymous uh, Witchfinder General. This movie has a lot more to do with politically motivated greed and how fear leads to manipulation in populations and how much easier it is to be able to create that atmosphere in a rural setting. Vincent Price is Matthew Hopkins is quite cruel. He uses his power as the trope of witch hunt um, is used in today's parlance to control and manipulate uh, not only wants to have in, have power over to take money from, but also young women that he is interested in. And whoever he feels that is not, feels that is not um, succumbing to his will fast enough, his political will. Blood on Satan's Claw I don't know much about other than it has to do with teenagers growing unusual hair and uh, having a intensified interest in uh, Satan worship and orgies. There's that. I'm hoping to get the DVD so I can look into it more just because it's, it is part of this original trilogy and I'm um, curious as to how it fits in. The last movie of the Unholy Three is the very popular Wicker Man, not the new Nicolas Cage one, uh, which was roundly uh, denounced in 
all circles other than as a comedy, uh, which is too bad because uh, it could have been very interesting. The idea of using bees as the harvest is actually pretty interesting, but unfortunately the performances were pretty funny. Okay, um, the original Wicker Man starred Edward Wood. Edward Woodward as Sergeant Howie, who was a very, very Christian policeman. He declared often that he was very Christian. And somehow or another, the poor gentleman decided to investigate the appearance of a young child, um, young girl. There he meets Lord Summersile, who is played with gusto by Christopher Lee. He is the youngish Lord of Summersile and... Like Vincent Price, he plays a very different character than he usually does. A lot more personable and also able to fully act in this movie, whereas in a lot of the movies that he was in, he unfortunately was covered uh, in makeup and only allowed to say a few lines, maybe some grunting as Frankenstein. Um, even his portrayal of Dracula was not very verbose. All right. There's been very many folk horrors in the time since the uh, late 60s and now, and recently some of the movies that have come out as uh, selections are The Ritual, The Apostle, and Richard Egg Eggers' The Witch, which um, I'm not exactly sure how one is supposed to pronounce the double V's that they have instead of a W. Um, so it could be witch, it could be vvitch, it could be vvitch, vitch, I'm not sure. Anyways, um, all three of those movies are excellent folk horror movies. Um, so most folk horror movies, um, or a lot of folk horror movies, some have to do with just a setting and a feel, which is how um, Piers Haggard defined um, folk horror in the Mark Addis interview. He didn't really declare that it was part of a plot. It was more of a, a feel uh, resonance within the movies. But um, most, uh, many of them, the ones that I'm more interested in actually, are the ones that are dealing with the conflicted paradigms of very old ways, and I'm not talking about very old, like 1800s, I'm talking about very old as in 800 or 300. So ways of human societal uh, organization and religion um, that conflict very greatly with today's modern view of humanity and rights and um, the place of religions in life. Um, the old ways that a lot of uh, folk horrors deal with have to do with fertility and sacrifice, mainly, um, and with the the body, uh, the actual physical body of a person, and the physical interaction with the world. A lot of uh, things having to do with farming, uh, with fields. Some um, tropes of folk horror are blood. Um, there's a lot of blood used ritually in the uh, folk horror movies. Um, it is not blood in terms of like a Texas Chainsaw or a Freddy movie. It is um, blood that is used for and from sacrifices. Um, 
and it's both animal and human blood. It, another trope is body horror. Um, this has to do partially with mutilations and things done in the name of sacrifices or in the sake of Midsummer, having to do, also has to do with sensu sensuality, nudity, and sexuality. Very much concentrated on hot young people, um, or hot for their time at least. Um, but they also have to do with every human, um, uh, every human being, sun as they're said in uh, uh, Wicca now, skyclad, um, having less. Um, Separation from the world of society with clothing as going back to our very basic roots of naked mammalian creatures. Unfortunately, this also has to do with um, what is society, society, societal mandated fertility rights that sometimes involve in societally mandated rape. Um, Sometimes it is of females in the movie Midsummer. It was um, having to do with a male protagonist, um, which is an interesting change, uh, but it was also just as disturbing. Um, there's also orgiastic scenes um, having to do with a celebration of fertility, fertility and of the basic necessity of fertility in the... Uh, physical world for for civilization to go on. Um, due to all of this, there is much less, uh, well, not less, but there's um, less view of any um, LGBT subjects. Um, there are some, Layer of the White Worm has to deal with a little bit of it, but um, mainly the focus is on uh, fertility and uh, the continu continuation of the species in general. Now, this um, sexuality, um, as well as the forced sexuality, is considered holy. It is not considered sinful, and it is not considered wrong. It is bought into um, whole cloth by everyone in that society, which is somewhat more horrifying for the protagonists who are brought into that society um, and therefore in a bad spot. Um, so it becomes horrible through their viewpoint and therefore through the audience's viewpoint. Another trope is fire. Um, there's a lot of fire in these movies. It has to do with ritual fire um, for cleansing, but it also has to do with using fire as a threat or fire as a threat on its own. Uh, by its nature of going out of control, um, which very much is in parallel to humanity's natural state and the ease in which humanity can go out of control and burst the societal bonds that they're in and also the implied threat that all of these um, old societies have to modern society. So we see them, these people in the um, older society um, rituals, as a natural threat. They seem as if they have gone out of control, as um, 
the parallel of fire, which is seen often in these movies. Um, there is also another trope of land, of earth, um, earthiness. Um, uh, most of the uh, various um, cultures dealt with in these movies are cut off from the modern world in physical ways. Um, they are taking place on an island or in very rural areas. Um, it is the border that separates them from modern society. Uh, it is a physical border. There is not a way to get back to now, get back to um, modern so society in as uh, they they can't just pick up a phone and call the cops or something like that, which we don't realize the horror of until it's gone. Um, that is one thing that bites deeply when you're watching these movies is the isolation, the um, sheer powerlessness of the crowd. You are used to having the, the society, the crowd of people with you that does believe in the things that you believe in to enforce those things. But in this, in these worlds, um, you are separated from them and usually by a physical barrier, not something that you can just easily overcome. All right, dealing with uh, Midsummer now, um, it was released in 2009 on July 3rd. Um, which is close to the actual midsummer celebrations in Scandinavia. Summer solstice rituals worldwide are also held at that time. It was directed by Ari Aster, who is famous for his work on hereditary. Hereditary or heredity. You know, I look at it and I think that I pronounced it right in my memory, and then my memory goes, no, 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 no. We'll we'll not have no we'll have no pronouncement from you. Um, Okay, so um, it stars Florence Pugh as Danny, who is the main character of the movie, and Christian um, is played. Her boyfriend is played by Jack Raynor. Those two, as well as Mark, who's played by Will Poehler, Josh, who is played by William Jackson Harbour, and Pele, Pele, um, who is played by Wilhelm Blumkin. Bloomgren, I'm sorry, not Ken. Bloomgren. They are students that are invited by Pele to a festival hold, held only once every 90 years in his hometown. Right before this takes place, Danny has a horrific family tragedy. Her entire family is murdered by her younger sister, who has had very bad problems with depression, and she uses carbon monoxide to murder the entire family. However, if one looks carefully, one will see that there is a wreath in the parents' bedroom and possibly in the younger sister's room that is in the style of the Harga, which is um, Pele's people. So it is possible that either he or accomplices were the ones who actually murdered the family and that it was not her sister. On that she that they were being manipulated in a much stronger way than one would think at a first glance because it seems more like Pele just promises them a, a fun tr 
trip out to Europe where they will enjoy the summer. Now, the main connection that I am interested in with um, with Danny is that she has a family mindset. She longs to go back to her family. She longs to belong, whereas um, the three uh, men, Christian, Mark, and Josh, are very interested in their own individuality. They um, dislike Danny because she um, has a tendency to try to help her. In the past, she had tried to help her family. She had tried to help others, and they find her very dramatic because of this. They find her unnecessarily interested in the well-being of others, and they mock her behind her back, and... They only invite her along as a way to get out of social discomfort. As I said earlier, there is poss- there is a possibility that they're all being slightly manipulated by Pele, who very much wants them to come to this large festival. Now, most horror movies have to do with being the other in society. Um, they have the outlook that society distrust and hates a particular individual for a disability or for um, something that has happened to them and that person is persecuted because of this that person or character in case it's a, like a non-human creature quote unquote but the interesting thing about folk horror is that we the protag- the audience as well as the protagonists are not in the dominant culture anymore in the earlier movies the ones that are to do with the persecution of a particular individual it is still seen through the eyes of a, the dominant culture which is modern society now uh, folk horror is insidious because it often puts the protagonist as well as the audience into the place of the other we don't, like I said, usually the lens of the film, even if the other, the monster, is the sympathetic person, they're, the frame of the um, society around that person is still the society that we know. Um, in the most effective folk horror, um, to me at least, is when when you realize, as the protagonist realizes that there is no plea in, um, against the horrific acts that are being committed. You can't say that they are unkind. Um, you can't say that they are unusual because you have left the world that we know. You have left the modern world. And you are now in the very harsh world that we see in folks, these folk societies, these pre-modern societies of the old religions, the old ways. And um, that as, that happens about, I'd say, a third to halfway through Midsummer, um, when the protagonists leave modern society and end up in the Harga village. Um, now, one thing that's interested is because interesting is that there are two anthropologists in the um, group, uh, Christian and Josh. Um, But somehow or another, they do not see the seriousness of their plight. Even though they study societies and they understand how 
serious this world can be, how dangerous they can be, and how the lack of individuality is, how deep that is in those societies. They have the arrogance of modern man or modern humans that they um, that they are in control at all times, and I like to say also, um, no offense, men out there, but the arrogance of maleness, the privilege, as it were. They go into this this folk society, and I'm not really going to go into it too much. As I said, this is not really a review. I'm just using this as a um, stepping stone. But things do not go well for them <laughs> in uh, any way, shape, or form. Strangely enough, they do not realize that in the society that they are now in, the greater good is the thing that matters. The individual does not matter. Only the survival of the people in general and people. And they, they see individual death as sad, but it is shaken off and as sentimental, um, sentimental seeing in the same way that mediating cultures see those who are vegetarian for animal loving reasons as being sentimental. Um, they don't have a particular value on a individual person. Their value is more in the entire culture. And that is very definitely where the Harga lie in Midsummer. The protagonist ends up becoming the calf whose slaughter will ensure the survival of the whole. And if the particular protagonist is due to be the victim of a rape because of fertility reasons that that purpose is the creation of the next generation and her individual rights or his individual rights um, are not a matter of thought they are actually considered as fused and probably mentally ill if they protest this happening and that is the reason for the hope fire hope folk horror biting so deeply because we know that this harsh world that we see in folk societies, this harsh world is inside us. We have, a, I believe, a folk memory of this time. A superstitious Lord Summersile, who believes that sacrifice will renew the land, could easily be us. And we are only a few natural disasters away from the death of Rousseauian individualism. The prizing of a single life, which is the society that we know and understand, now in 2019 is a relatively new way of looking at the world and I'm saying this new as in uh, since the enlightenment of course but earlier ideas of individuality have uh, been coming to the fore since Probably around the time of writing, the time of history as we know it, but we have a folk memory of the time before that when we knew that society was the only important thing and the sacrifices that we had to make, sacrifices literal and figurative, um, and I think that that is the basis of folk horror. That is the basic depth of the horror because we know somewhere inside us this world still lives. And in a way, as 
we of course are are modern people and we do not subscribe to this society and this way of thinking we understand deeply somewhere that this makes sense in a very very pragmatic way so that is probably why I find folklore to be so incredibly interesting and I believe that Midsummer does address that it's not as in the forefront as some uh, folk horror entries but it is an interesting one and I do recommend it um, the eventuality of Danny as the person that is the most interested in community which of course is the interest of the communal world that is understood in the Harga's eyes is comes to fore at the ending I don't want to go into too much because spoilers etc but the clash between the individualistic society of the men versus the more communal society of the Harga and somewhat of Danny is part of what makes the movie so important. Um, now, and I'm not saying that Danny is a throwback to Harga and um, a historical way of thinking. She is still in our world. She is still a modern human, but she becomes infatuated with and indoctrinated into the Harga's way of life. And at least at the very end of the movie, she is part of that world. I um, find that very interesting because most folk horrors have to do with the death of the protagonist because our way of viewing, the modern way of viewing society versus the very, very old way of viewing society are un incompatible. They are not worldviews that can live together very easily. One cannot value each individual and each individual's wants and needs as well as valu valuing the society above all else. Uh, so that is that is the center and core of folk horror as i see it at least all right um that wraps up the 1.5 entry of fishnets and phantoms i hope you found it interesting i hope you found my views on folk horror and i suppose anthropology um somewhat interesting feel free to let your ideas be known on the Fishnets and Phantoms page on Facebook. And I will work very hard at getting better at audio editing. And I will also work harder at getting these episodes out. I am going to be back very soon with some ghost stories and... Uh, look at the the French series on Netflix, Mary Ann. 
I look forward to talking to you soon. And again, uh, Fishnets and Phantoms page is on Facebook. And please uh, subscribe on Spotify. And I will talk to you all soon. Stay out of direct sunlight. Take care.